Welcome to Girl Get a Real Job. My name is Sara Garbanen and I am an artist, writer, poet and founder of Women of the Wick, a platform amplifying the visibility, voices and work of women, trans and non-binary artists in East London and beyond. This podcast series is dedicated to all creative practitioners, entrepreneurs and freelancers. As an artist myself, I believe that we have to make a money talk accessible and start understanding and valuing the real worth of our creative work. Together with my incredible guests, we tackle the starving artist syndrome and talk about earning, living, investing and working like an artist. I'm glad you are with us. Now, let's start talking. Welcome to the Girl Get a Real Job podcast, where we talk about the highs and lows of being a creative entrepreneur and an artist today. And most importantly, we are here to demystify money talk with our incredible guests. My name is Sara, and I am here today with Dami Lola Shoyoye, the co-founder and CEO of Build Her, a crowdfunding platform with the mission to economically empower women and girls from Black backgrounds. I'm super stoked, amazingly excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, Dami Lola? Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm, I'm really happy um, and excited to be here as well. And yeah, I've been looking forward to this all week. So yeah, let's get yeah. straight into it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I let, let you to introduce yourself to our listeners. If you can give us a little bit of background, who you are, what you do. Well, I'll leave it to you. Yeah, sure. So my name is Damala Labasuga Shoyoye. Um, yes, that is a mouthful. <laughs> and um, by, by profession, uh, my background professionally is actually healthcare, um, so I'm like a registered nurse as well. Um, and you know, but on the on the side, I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial flair. So I always knew that you know that was the um, you know entrepreneurship was the field I really wanted to follow and was passionate about. And um, yeah, I'm currently the founder um, and CEO of Builder, which is a crowdfunding platform, as you said. Um, which championed the ideas and the, you know, the, the creation of women of color. Um, and yeah, so we're really proud of the, you know, what we've been able to achieve so far, which we'll talk more about um, mm -hmm. later on. But yeah, that's a bit about me in a nutshell. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And so when did you launch Build Her and what was the initial spark that initiated the whole idea? Yeah, so Build Her was launched in March 2020. So just what? less than a year ago so next month is literally our one year anniversary Sarah so, anniversary. yes 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 it's really exciting um so you know we're still really young in the game as such you know um a year old so um but and also we launched at the beginning or yeah right at the beginning of the whole lockdown situation worldwide <laughs> and in the UK as well so it was an interesting time and initially initially we were not going to launch um you know in March because we were so unsure of everything that was happening um it, you know but we just felt like because of exactly what was happening we felt like no this just shows us and proves to us that 
you know there is tomorrow is not promised and we just have to like if you want to do something like do it now because nobody knows what is going to happen in the world <laughs> next week or whatever so let's just launch so that's how we that's how we did incredible i mean what a time to launch things <laughs> i know <laughs> how has the journey been so far for you i mean you worked with um how many with you know women from how many countries over 30 was that so yeah, we've worked with um, women in several different countries. We've worked with about, must be about 40, 40 plus women so far in, you know, different, different countries, uh, based in African countries, UK, US, um, and really random, a place called Madagascar, which I found was like, that is, that's so amazing. Like, how did someone from Madagascar find us? <laughs> it's so weird. So yeah, we've worked with women uh, in different places. So we've been fortunate and kind of where we are now is just, you know, um, trying to get the word out there even more and build awareness. So yeah, that's where we are. Sure. And how would you describe Builder? Who is it built for? Um, and also if you can give us any examples of the kind of successful projects that you've seen during the, the time that um, Build Her has existed. Yeah, so Build Her is for women of African ancestry or black ancestry. So why is that? You know, why are we so specific? The reason for this is because we know, and I know personally the challenges that women of African ancestry um, go through and it, when I say African ancestry even if you are you know a, a black woman in America or Jamaica you're still of African ancestry so that is what we are kind of referring to and when we say brown women we mean you know you could be mixed race but you have black ancestry in you as well if that makes sense mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah. so we really focus on this demographic because of the unique challenges that we face as a subgroup there's lots of statistics out there which shows and proves and demonstrates that, you know, for example, in the entrepreneurship and business world, black women are the least funded in like everywhere worldwide when it comes to getting things like venture capital, uh, you know, investment, angel investment, even as little as like bank loans for the average, you know, black businesswoman who wants to start something trying to apply for a bank business loan, we are more four times more likely to get rejected and more. And it's very, very difficult for us to move past certain points, right? So this was the part of the frustration that I experienced personally and that I saw other, you know, black and brown women experience as well. So I wanted to look into what could I do to help this situation instead of just complaining and feeling, you know, angry about this. What can I do to try and help? Um, so that was the kind of premise behind it. And I started to look into, you know, I, I had known about crowdfunding as a, as a thing for several years now. And I saw the power, Sarah, I saw the power that other communities, you know, like the Caucasian community, the Asian communities, I saw the power that they had, you know, found in utilizing it. There are so many new creations in the world right now that would not have existed mm. if it were not for crowdfunding if it were not for this avenue, because it breaks, it, it takes the power away from the usual gatekeepers of, of capital. So I was like, this is really powerful, but the black community doesn't know much about this. We're not utilizing this enough. Mm -hmm. So that is why I was so passionate about getting this word out there, that there is another avenue 
let's let's come together and and utilize this and pool resources, pool our support systems, and and hopefully you know make some wonderful things into the world. <laughs> wow, that's that's brilliant, and I think I couldn't agree more with you. <clears throat> I love that um, that there are also things such as Patreon and any crowdfunding campaigns that. Um, you don't have to always go down to the usual route of applying for grants or or dependent on loans or or yeah. Why do you think um, that black women and brown women have not been successful in their applications? Mm. So I think it's that's a great question, Sarah. So it's a mixture of unconscious bias in from the um, you know. So let's be real, Sarah. The gatekeepers are usually Caucasian men. <laughs> it is what it is. As well, if I would add there's one more oh, thing. Absolutely. Middle-aged and older, you know, Caucasian men, like just that all over the world, whether it's America, whether it's the UK, Europe, it's the same problem. Yep. So when you are a, a woman of color and you're sat in front of these, these men and you were trying to pitch an idea to them, an idea that you know is good and you know is viable and you know could sell, right? Mm -hmm. But you're trying to pitch it to these gatekeepers, these men, and they are literally looking at you like you have two heads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're literally looking at you like they don't know what language you're speaking. And it's like, but this idea is good. And or they say things like, oh, you know, we get it, but we just don't feel like there's enough of a market or it's too ethnic. It's too ethnic. That's another common thing. And that really drives me crazy, Sarah, because there's no such thing as too ethnic, <laughs> number one. And even, even if you have a product or service that does target the uh, ethnic com uh, communities, you can still make a highly successful and profitable business or creation or you know whatever, just targeting that community. But the gatekeepers don't see the connection to that. And that's why we are often then just blocked before we can even start. Does that make sense? 100% yeah like without even giving the opportunity to try and have a voice and to you know yeah. to see that there is a market like you said um yeah that only proves how much platforms like builder are needed now what type of um could you give us any examples of uh, successful projects that um you've been able to see and come and flourish yeah i work with oh so many i mean there's a lady who wanted to create a magazine um, and she wanted to celebrate black women in the food and wine industry. Um, so we, we worked with her and she wanted to raise, um, she wanted to raise $30,000 to create this, um, you know, magazine, as I said, celebrating the food and wine industry because she was a chef by background. That's what she was. So she was really passionate about that industry and she didn't have the funds to, to get started. So she turned to crowdfunding to do it. And by being very strategic in how she did her campaign, she smashed the target. She went well above 30,000. She smashed it, absolutely. And that publication is literally in existence today because of crowdfunding. You know, and that's just one like powerful example. We've had other uh, women who um, want to do, you know, just like nonprofit charitable campaigns because it doesn't always have to be about like business or something, you know, a creative thing. Even if you have like, you know, I really want to do this nonprofit organization. I really want to do something for this person. You can do that as well on Builder. So there was a lady who wanted to raise money for um, some, some children 
who they, there was a new like church that had started, but it was it was a, a struggling small new church. And in the Sunday school department, there was no resources. There was no books for the children. There was no, you know, basic things, tables and chairs, you know, resources for them to actually utilize in the Sunday school. So she wanted to do that and have it coincide with her birthday. So instead of giving me gifts for my birthday, contribute to my crowdfund, right? So she literally smashed her target. She overfunded on her target and she was able to, you know, give that money to, to those children, the church, and they were able to get all the books, tables, chairs, you know, um, you know, like musical instruments as well, musical instruments for the children to play with. So absolutely amazing. So just different, uh, different stories like that. Anything is possible. Anything. Wow, that's beautiful. What do you think is the perfect length if there is a perfect length um, for a crowdfunding campaign? Brilliant question. So we um, we advise that you go on average of 30 to 35 days. There are some campaigns that are like 45 to 60 days. We say 60 days is absolute maximum, okay. right? But the, the sweet spot is 35 days. Why? Because you are able to target two paydays for most people. So if you launch your crowdfund over 35 days and say in um, January's payday, you know, you approached your, you know, your, your friend or your colleague and they were like, oh man, like I really want to support your crowdfund, but I'm kind of broke now. You know, just got paid kind of broke. Okay, no problem. I'll hit you up in February. <laughs> February's payday. You said you would contribute. Brilliant. And then bam, like you've got your donations. It's all about being strategic and clever. So that is why we kind of say like 35 days, hit two paydays. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I've never thought of that. I mean, yeah, that's quite smart. And do you give also kind of guidance or coaching for the people? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have, we created a, um, a whole guidebook, which is literally the A to Z on everything you need to create your crowdfunding campaign. And, you know, the strategies, like I've, one of them I've just said on how to tips and tricks on how to do it properly and successfully mm-hmm. um and and take full advantage of your network so we have provided that guidebook for all our campaigners for free and it's an it's an, a whole book it's a whole ebook for free so yeah wow so who can join is it and and how can one join if you know whoever listens to this right now and thinks this is perfect for me for sure so um literally all you have to do is you know go to our website um, builder.co.uk and then you know you will see at the bottom that says literally register <laughs> log in or register and it's really really straightforward you know you create your credentials your email your password and stuff like that um, and then if you need any kind of guidance it's just you just whip an email over to us we have a super fast and responsive email team um, and assistance to help you know all our women with anything that they need so that was just support at builder.co.uk and then, you know, we would be able to support you further with that. Amazing. What about in terms of your big vision? Do you have one? And where would you like to see Build Her, let's say, in five years' time? Oh, goodness me. The big vision. <laughs> <laughs> big question. I love that. I love these questions, Sarah. Um, the big vision for Build Her is to, you know, right now, the first service that we put out was the crowdfunding platform. But what we want Build Her to be is a whole organization that, that equips women with the knowledge, right? Different ways for them to be able to build wealth. So we are about building wealth, women building wealth. So anything that will help them, you know, do that along their journey, whether it's providing 
you know, educational courses, masterclasses from women who have done just that and are teaching them how to do that. That is, you know, things like that. Um, so there's so many things we want to do. So anything that helps women build wealth, be respected and to be, you know, independent and, and free, financially free, that is our goal. And that is the services we will be put, putting out over the next um, few years. So, yeah. Wow, that is really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, is there any uh, a specific um, form, an art form that you you feel especially passionate about? You mentioned um, storytelling and um, I think movie making uh, in our previous chat pre briefly. Is this something? Why do you why do you feel that especially um, black women should tell their stories and own their stories? Amazing question, Sarah. So I don't know if you're um, aware of a current controversy that is actually happening with, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Rochelle Humes. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen the current controversy around, around her. Um, and what happened was she came out to say that she is presenting a documentary which explores Black pregnancy mortality right black black women pregnancy and mortality and how everything is interlinked because black women are literally dying more in the uk when they are pregnant or just after during childbirth or just after childbirth the statistics are there so rochelle came out to say she's presenting this thing and you know what what black women are upset about is there is a lady a, a black woman a dark-skinned black woman because Ro Rochelle is mixed race she's mm -hmm. just you know she's biracial half white and half black there was a lady called Candice um, Braithwaite um, and she had been researching this topic for years she had been speaking about this topic for years she's even written books about this topic for a long long time and she came out to say that she had literally been working on this documentary to create it and to put it out there with the production team. And it felt like they had just replaced her right. with somebody like Rochelle, who hasn't had lived experience of this, Candice has, mm -hmm. who, you know, Rochelle, no disrespect to her, but she gave birth in a private, you know, wealthy kind of hospital. She, her experiences of a, of, um, a Black woman as a biracial woman will be different mm -hmm. because even the statistics show um, because there's something called medical bias. So this controversy is just explains exactly why crowdfunding is, and, and the, the reason why we need to tell our stories from our perspective and how this kind of situation, again, the gatekeepers of this uh, production, this documentary that's gonna be out there, A, are men mm -hmm. and most likely are Caucasian men. So again, they're they're the ones making the rules. They're the ones saying, no, you're going to you're going to have this. It's going to be done like this. You're going to speak on it. Whereas if we had the the finances, the capital to create our own story, our own documentary, Candace would be able to do something like this and put it out there into the mainstream by herself. Does that make sense? Yeah. But because you know things like lack of capital does affect us, particularly as black women, we then have to go to these white institutions and ask for, for a seat at their table and ask to be funded by them. So this is again why I'm so passionate about black women telling stories from their own perspective, because it, it, it needs to be heard. 
you are starting a revolution it sounds like <laughs> well i just want to do i just want to do my part in in you know things stories that need to be heard i just i love the creative industry yes i'm an entrepreneur at heart but i love the creative industry i love you know i love music i love you know the arts drama i love um you know storytelling and and authors and i just feel like there are so many Again, like another example that just really, really frustrated me. I don't know if you've heard of Michaela Cole. No, I haven't. So she is the lady behind um, a, a hit show called Chewing Gum and another hit show called I May Destroy You. And oh, I May Destroy yeah, You was... Yeah. yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Yes, absolutely massive worldwide, yeah. literally. Yeah. And yes, she, there was a recent um, award show um, one of these you know big awards and she was literally snubbed for everything despite i may destroy you literally getting critical acclaim all over the world so again it just shows that there is black women are still being overlooked is my point right we're still being overlooked and there is still an inherent problem and i feel like that a lack of financial standing and a lack of financial backing and power is the root cause of a lot of these issues and once we can start to address you know our financial standing there are so many avenues and so many things and stories that can be created from from our own perspective if that makes sense and with us with us navigating the story our way so yeah yeah, I think that is the, the true entrepreneurial spirit in that sense and not going, you know, I think we have come to the age, um, luckily, I suppose, where we don't have to go and knock on everyone's door and, you know, beg for acceptance or visibility where we can actually create these platforms ourselves, what you are doing. Uh, how many of you are in, uh, in Crowd, um, sorry, Builder? So how many are in my team? Yeah. So we are a small team at the moment. We're um, we're eight altogether. So it's a really oh, small. Well, that's still eight people. <laughs> yeah, but but to me it's a small team. <laughs> to me it's still small. But you know, yeah. So um, and it's a case of everybody wears several different hats right now, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, as as you know, an entrepreneur yourself, Sarah, you know, we wear ten different hats, do everything at the same time. Yeah, we're literally. Exactly. We're the brand strategist, we're the marketer, we're the uh, accountant, we're like, we're everything. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, have there been anything, I mean, um, I'm really curious um, and keen to talk about, as I said, kind of demystify uh, money talk as well. And have there been some lessons that you've learned or had to overcome of your own fears in order to be in the position where you are today? Oh God, a lot, absolutely. And I'm still working through it now, Sarah, to be honest. And the biggest thing that I've had to try and overcome and I'm still working on is my mindset. And, you know, I, it's really, really important. And I even have a, you know, I have like a coach, like a, a mentor to work through some of those things with. And I just, I think it's so important. I recommend where possible everyone to have, you know, a mentor or a coach or therapist, whatever, Mm -hmm. is right for you just somebody to work things through but mindset um and feeling like for a long time I felt like I didn't deserve what I wanted I didn't deserve um to be successful I didn't deserve to follow my passions or my dreams 
Um, and therefore, when I would try something, it would get to a point where I would self-sabotage. And I didn't even realize I was sabotaging <laughs> you know, myself. And I had to get to that point of recognizing like, what is, what is going on here? Why do I get to a certain point and then just, just stop or just change or follow the next thing or just sabotage it? And um, I guess the, the roots after a lot of work on myself, the root is that I just felt like I didn't deserve it mm. um, or I felt like it wasn't possible. So it's, it's very, very interesting. So that is the biggest block, uh, mental block that I think we need to work on as women generally. Yes. <laughs> Again, yeah, 100%. Um, is there anything else? I mean, I, I am so enjoying hearing about your stories and could have probably this conversation going on for the whole day. But is there I'd love to hear about your, like, what do you felt, I felt like you resonated with what I was saying just now about the mental roadblock. Like, talk to me. I, I'd love to hear about your story about that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, it was funny when you were just speaking I just felt something like a pang here on the chest that I just had to kind of start to rub um it was funny because just before joining on this call I was journaling and and doing exactly that kind of overcoming some of my own fears which you know they appear daily and mm. every day they are slightly different and some days you know I feel like the more work I do around of my the work of my creative work or of just of myself you know my work is not only of course who I am um yeah I make friends with myself you know it's a very very sorry fucking slow process but you know I feel like I'm getting somewhere day by day but also just mm -hmm. these conversations and hearing people like you speak that already that feels like it's like okay that's empowering and I'm not alone like and even hearing you say that you know you're extremely successful having this beautiful platform helping other women to thrive and yet we still have to do this work like a day by day so yeah I do experience that and I I'm sure you know we all look at some people we look up to people I look at look up at other writers creative sports where I'm like oh gosh I wish I was already there it's like I'm on my path. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, doing exactly the kind of things that I'm passionate about, taking the little baby steps one day at a time. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's exactly true. As exactly as you've said it, that's how it is. And I'm so proud of you to, you know, get to this point. And definitely, Sarah, continue what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job with women of the wick and you know I loved it that's why you know that's why we're here today we really loved what you were creating so yeah just keep going we're championing you as well thank you so much and please keep going as well and I know you will take over the world <laughs> one woman at a time <laughs> one that's, the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan we'll yeah we'll keep going so definitely and I, I just love you know I love women supporting women, like all women, like regardless of, um, you know, ethnicity and race and, and whatever. Like, I just love women pushing and, and supporting each other. I just feel like, I don't know if you felt this change as well, Sarah, but, you know, in the past, in the recent few years, I should say, women are just unapologetically supportive of each other. Whereas I felt like in the past, it was very competitive. Women were very competitive um, and, you know, just like bitchy, yeah. you know, to each other. But now it's just like so different. Our mindset is like, no, no, no. When when one of us moves, we all move. So we have to all support each other, you know? So I love that. I love that change. 
Me too. I think it's like it's a mind shift change, but like a global one, something that and 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 again, if I ever catch myself thinking about that, then I think, no, she when she thrives, so will I, you know, like and immediately that changes my mindset when I think like imagine like, you know, just visualize her actually succeeding. And it means that, you know, I'm capable of doing the same. And that I think, you know, it really lifts my spirit. Yeah, it does. It does. Definitely, yeah, like something that I think has, there's been a shift in the last maybe five years or a couple of years time. And I feel like, yeah, it didn't exist in the way when I when I was growing up and the way that I, mm. I was um, educated and taught. But so like, thank you so much for being here today sharing your stories and and just hoping all the best for you and and with build her and yeah beautiful thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you so much for having me sarah <laughs> thank you have a great day <laughs> bye. bye if you like this episode please review it or share it with a friend you can find us on instagram at get a real job collective See you there.